Hi, this is Lucy Larson, Manager of Museum Experience and Interpretation at the San Jose Museum of Art. SJMA is proud to present the series Artist of the Week, featuring artists from our permanent collection. The interviews you hear were conducted in December 2006. We hope you enjoy the series and subscribe to SJMA's podcast. For this podcast, we visited Rick Arnitz at his Live Work Loft in Oakland, California, filled with art and, surprisingly, a San Jose Museum of Art ball cap on a skeleton, Arnett shared how he creates his large-scale abstract paintings and the thought processes behind them. Stephen Wirtz, Arnett's gallery representative, imparted insight into Arnett's work and how he fits into the Bay Area art scene. I'm Stephen Wirtz of Stephen Wirtz Gallery in San Francisco an art dealer in town here for about 30 years, and we've been showing Rick's work, I think, maybe for about 20 years. How do you think Rick Arnitz fits into the Bay Area art scene? As, as you may know, the Bay Area art scene isn't known for its non-representational or abstract art. And yet, on the other hand, because Rick's work is so textural uh, and has so many almost physical levels about it, that I think it does fit in here on that basis. And the palette also tends to be what I would call a Bay Area palette. I think of the palette here as being somewhat overcast, if you will, in the sense that uh, the sort of a brown tone that goes through it, I don't think of the Bay Area as particularly an area where primary color has been used as, as much by the artists, while they tend to, I think, put blacks and browns into their palette, which cuts that um, brightness, if you will, and I think of the Bay Area as being a little less bright. Hello, my name is Rick Arnitz, and I came originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Lived in the Bay Area since 1973, and uh, went to UC Berkeley for my undergrad and grad degrees. So I guess one of the things that immediately comes to mind when you look at your paintings is what are the tools to create them? Uh, they're paint rollers and I paint on the rollers with the brush, with the paintbrush. So there's basically two tools in between me and the canvas. So I do that because I like the way it, uh, the roller, because I, I mostly use enamel house paint, so I like the way the roller is. It moves a lot of paint fast, carries a lot of paint, and it's also kind of a, a distancing tool. It's a way of making a mark without making it too personal. The Boy Scout paintings are actually, I use small rollers, so that's sort of where that came from too, when you roll it out, I mean that's basically, I think the height and width of the, the mark that that, you know, the, the da or the dit. So a lot of the images and a lot of the uh, subject matter and so on comes from the roller, what it can do and the dimensions of the roller. Can you tell me you know, what you find particularly appealing about Arnitz's paintings or how you came to represent him? Well, how I came to represent him is particularly interesting because uh, twice early on he showed us slides of his work. And if you think of a slide, it's very teeny. And his work is being abstract and being so much about how it feels when you are in front of it. He said to me, uh, you can't understand my work by looking at these slides. And of course, I thought I could. Eventually, his good friend and fellow artist, Deborah Oropalo, suggested that we go over to his show in Oakland and take a look at the actual work, which we did, and we took him on. We felt, of course, the work was very well done in terms of the craft of it. We thought that the notion of using rollers was quite interesting, as he does instead of using a brush. The work 
tended to have a lot of movement in it, uh, where it was somewhat sculptural, and also even some of the of the pieces seemed to almost slowly undulate, which was to me interesting. So it was a case where we really couldn't read the work by the slide, and I think that's often the case, especially with abstract work. Who, won what, when, and where has been referred to as the support structure for the World Trade Center towers? Can you comment on that? Well, those are the five W's, because I was a journalism major at one time. I wanted to be a writer, and those are, you know, if you're covering a story, if you want to learn, that's the basic, the five W's. Um, And uh, that particular piece is related to the imagery of the World Trade Center, the facade of the World Trade Center. The idea was that it was abstract enough that it suggests all those questions, but uh, the idea of the world, the facade of the World Trade Center, the idea of learning why the, the World Trade Center is no longer there, you know, learning from that, from that, um, you know, that catastrophe. And then um, also the fact that uh, the piece isn't telling you what to think, it's just trying, suggesting that there are things to talk about or think about from maybe, you know, certainly the event and possibly the painting, too. Well, that day, I, I had used that technique of those little dash spaces with the roller, with the certain size roller. I'd done it in the past, but that day on that 11th, um, on, on that very day, I realized how similar it was to how the World Trade Center could look. So I did a whole bunch of paintings starting on that day with that technique. How do you feel like Rick Arnitz's work has grown over time? It's grown, I think, in some of the depth and some of the variation. When I was fairly young, my father sort of said to me that there, for him, were two kinds of people that, that go into a library. And one goes in the library and looks at all the books from one section after another and sort of browses and experiments and so forth. And then there's another kind of person that goes into a corner of the library and learns it really well. And I think Rick is more like the one who goes in the corner and learns it really well. So that his work um, will grow in nuance rather than in leaps and bounds. It does. It does, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, that's good. I should get some points for that because I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yes, I bought that, Kathy. Yeah, when I had my show there a couple of summers ago. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> uh, no, I get it. I don't think so. I hope not. I mean, it, it just, uh, if the hat size is the same, okay? How about that? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I forgot about that. I like the red star, you know? <laughs> you don't get more political than the red star and more abstract, too, I guess. So, oh, the red star carries a lot of weight.